Good evening. This is Edward Nan, sonsofgod.com. It's um, the 29th of June, 2020. We decided at the last minute to do another podcast. <clears throat> so we're just being led, um, and when the anointing is there, uh, to jump on it and and run down the road. So we're going to talk about something that is so important. It's been on our heart for a long time. Now, last night we began to deal with this whole issue of manifesting sonship, of getting the breakthrough that we're contending for, and the seal of sonship, the redemption of the physical body. And we're still in that, and I don't think we will depart out of that. But we're going to approach this now from another perspective. We were talking about the realm of the renewing of the mind and the limitations that we have within the mind uh, and the shift of paradigm that's happening as we're changing. Now we're going to take another uh, a look at another side of the uh, of this, something that is equally uh, important and probably will have a or it has had a dynamic effect on just the renewing of the mind and being able to be positioned in God to receive what he wants to give the sons. Because the Lord is pouring out, but it has been a problem on the receiving end of the sons. You know, it's interesting, you know, it says God is not a respecter of persons. He gives to the just and unjust alike and so on and so forth. In the book of Joel, talks about how he pours forth his spirit on all mankind. You know, and um, so God is doing something that is fairly unilateral, but it's really to the sons that he's focusing so much right now. So we're going to talk about vampires a little bit. Now, I, this, of course, is, this can be, this is, can sound pretty crazy, but then I think you're already beginning to understand that you've entered the world of crazy when you come to these podcasts. Was it Rod Serling had that uh, show back in the 50s or 60s, The Twilight Zone? <laughs> well, I think maybe, uh, well, we could call it the kingdom zone. You know, you've left this plane of reality that you've known, and you're entering into the kingdom zone, you know. So, um, the whole issue of vampires really has to do with the realm of bonds and the realm of transference. 
and understanding what it is that Satan can do in manipulating circumstances, relationships in your life to bring a delay. And, you know, whether we want to admit it or not, in the book of Revelations, the angel stands with one foot on sea, one foot on land, and says, delay shall be no longer. And that, to me, intimates that there was delay in the first place. And that finally, it stops. And we, in many ways, have been fighting uh, a spirit of delay. You know, where you've just, you felt hindered and you haven't really known what to do. Because it's not in the scope of what you can do physically or mentally. uh, Or even devotionally. It has to do with the realm of spirit that has been aligned against the manifesting of the sons of God, that has created a delay. And, um, and Satan knows the dynamics of if he can just delay things, then you know he could win his objective, so to speak. And there comes that time when the angel stands and says, okay, that's it. Delay shall be no longer. Now, also in the book of Revelations, you know, you, you've got the two witnesses, and they're laying in the street. So, you know, did the delay come after or before? I mean, have we been laying in the street now for a while, and finally God says, okay, delay is over. Uh, where is that yet coming? I don't know. I th- I feel like we've been laying in the street a little bit. And it really hurts when those Mack trucks run over you. But hey, that's just all part of the of the uh, the call of sonship and what we're given to. We also spoke uh, a few days back about the conjunction of worlds that is happening, the convergence of the spirit world as it begins to interact more and more with the natural plane, which in itself is creating a very unique set of dynamics that uh, are requiring something out of us that we haven't had. It's like God puts you in a position and you have to reach in to something within yourself that you don't even think is there. How, How are you going to move in this and move forward? But God's already put it in. But the way he brings it out is by turning up the fire a little bit. And then you have to reach in, and all of a sudden you find within you something that you didn't realize was there. What we've been dealing with more and more has been an access into the natural plane of the energy and intent of a spirit world who have sought every opportunity to hinder the manifestation of sonship within God's people. All of this is unfolding, and by and large, for the most part, the world is not aware. Even the Christian world is not aware. I mean, again, here again, it's reading scriptures 
and getting some mental, you know, understanding, but that, that that's not going to cut it. To hear the word is to experience it. You cannot hear the word unless you experience it. Otherwise, all it is is a mental exercise. And you hear it through the carnal mind. You process it. You come to certain conclusions and deductions. But you don't know the truth. You don't know the word until you've experienced it firsthand. And that is what the sons have been progressively uh, experiencing more and more. Now, when we, you know, when I mention the word vampire, you know, that can bring quite a bit of, of imagery in your mind, you know, from what you've seen on television, these blood-sucking evil entities. But really... What a vampire is, a vampire comes to suck the life from another. At least that's, you know, how Hollywood is portrayed it. And what we're dealing with is something very similar and very real. It's a, it's, for the sake of any other word, it's a vampire spirit operating through bonds and contacts, relationships that you have that unless they're unless it's broken and channeled through the Holy Spirit through the Lord as a connection by of spirit and not of soul the very uh, existence of that what we would call bond will take your life gradually and it will blind you and until you you don't know who you, you are you question who you are you question is there a god you you can you question everything and it's not a good aspect of questioning but it's something that has come to demean and intimidate and so god has been talking about this whole issue of bonds in every one of the books for Many, 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 many years. Anne and I recall back in back in the late 90s, as we were leaving the churches that we were involved with, the teaching of bonds had been around, but I don't think anybody really understood it. Nobody really got it. There wasn't really a hearing. There were just levels of in interpretation based on the mind of the soul so and, and really where we're going with this is we're talking about the kingdom of God the kingdom of God is coming the kingdom of God is here and where is the kingdom of God as staggering as it is but sit back in your chair and close your eyes and visualize the kingdom of God is within you. And that's how the, the word goes. Um, we are yet to grasp how, what this really means. Because the, the, the whole Bible is written 
to be experienced. Otherwise, all it is is a mental teaching, and it doesn't really bring change that God's looking for because it's executed in the realm of the soul. And so we really need to understand. I mean, when God says the kingdom is within us, and he talks about the oneness that we have with him, that is a level of experience that we need to enter into. And that's here. I mean, the word is so mystical and so deep. And no matter how much you might see the word today, tomorrow, you you know, you can plumb the depths of that word even greater. And all of it comes down to the relationship you have with the Lord continuing to unfold. But it also has to do with the unveiling of yourself to yourself until you realize who and what you really are. And I know that that all of us are at different points in our path and our walk, different levels of understanding and experience, um, and that's that's natural. But what is beckoning at the door is something like we've never known to experience the depth of God in you and the reality of the kingdom within you and the reality of your oneness with all of God's kingdom is here and it's present. So the issue of bonds is something that we can't say enough about because singularly it is probably the greatest deterrent to the maturing and manifesting of the sons of God. And let me give you a small example of the potential that bonds have. We call it the daisy chain principle because as one person is bonded to another, all of the baggage and all of the bonds and all of the garbage that that person's carrying becomes something that you are then open to, even if you don't understand it. And the contacts and relationships that that has, person has and all of the baggage that it brings becomes something that is... Uh, you know, that that you are equally potentially affected by. We we gave an example in the book of a of a of this by just imagining a taking a piece of metal and submitting it, you know, one piece to another, to another, to another, on into infinity. And you apply heat to the first piece of metal and you can feel it at the very end of the last metal in that quote-unquote, daisy chain. And it's a very simple um, visualization, but that paints a picture of how transference can work from one to another to another to another until, without knowing, all of the oppression that might be down the road 30, 30 bonds away 
becomes something you have to deal with because you have a bond born of the soul with one person. And, and so everything begins to just uh, expand out. And I don't know that, you know, here again, the, the, the issue of bonds has been really hidden. And, and for a good reason. Because the enemy has sought to oppress and hinder and intimidate God's people and cause them not to come forth literally by virtue of bonds you know Paul had that problem in the in the early church um, you know the let me, let me read you something here and we'll kind of jump around but um, the churches in Galatia were uh, quite a handful for Paul with Galatians 5 he says but if you bite and devour one another take care lest you are consumed by one another but I say walk by the spirit and you'll not carry out the desire of the flesh Paul was dealing with severe issues at that time with the Galatian church because the relationships that existed within that church were all on the wrong level they were all on the level of the soul there was bicker, bickering and arguing, and it began to take a toll on the people within that church. You had those who were reaching into a deeper walk with God, a deeper walk in the Spirit, only to find their energy siphoned off by those walking according to the flesh. That was a problem Paul not only faced in Galatia, but in most of the churches. That was a hard one, because people at that point had no understanding about what a bond was. Because basically a bond is an obligation. The minute you have anything of an obligation or sympathy, uh, anything can tie you so easily to another. That's why the Lord said, "Don't uh, don't let the sun go down in your anger. Because your anger is a reaction that will bond you to another. And that's why he said, you know, if you give someone some money, don't expect it back. Because that will be a bond that will tie you or a cord. It's like in Psalms 129. The plowers plowed upon my back. They lengthened their furrows. But the Lord is righteous and he has cut in two the cords of the wicked. We're talking about cords that bind, cords that prevent you from becoming. You know, for example, and do another visualization, because visualizing is really at the heart of giving substance to your faith. Because how you how does the word go? You know, as a man thinks, so is he. As you see yourself in a certain light, so are you. If you see yourself as a victim, then you are. Even if the Lord has said, you're a victor. That's fine. That's the truth is you're a victor. But if you see yourself as a victim, that becomes your reality. I mean, visualize two people standing next to each other. 
Now visualize a cord emitting from one and attaching to the other. Those two people could be on opposite sides of the planet. But no matter where they are, that cord is not easily broken. It could stretch across continents or even through the veil. To see this in the realm of spirit would, to, would be to see very fine strands of light that emit primarily from the solar plexus area and they connect individuals together. People can live their whole lives with hundreds of these strands connecting them. And these strands or cords represent your relationships, contacts, or association, and they're not limited by distance, and they know no barriers. Well, that's scary if you don't understand. And so, one of the things that we did in the earlier years, especially as we had some of the 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 earlier conference calls of teaching, was, was okay. Go ahead and 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 ask the Lord to show you where are some of the bonds in your life. Where are you obligated? Where are you? Where are you feeding? What are you, you know, who are you feeding off of? Because the Lord is only the only one that's supposed to be our life and our food. But invariably, in our immaturity, in process of growing to maturity, we end up feeding off of one another. We, we feed off of so many things. You can feed off the TV. You can feed off of just so many things. And that in itself begins to create a bond. And that bond becomes the very thing that separates you from his presence. Because when the Lord looks at you, potentially he sees a, a matrix of bonds. And he doesn't really see you. It's like you don't even see yourself. You can get in the midst of a churches that are propagating certain truths or whatever and they're just ramming it down the people's throats until you walk out and you know you don't even know who you are except well I, I guess I'm I'm this because that's what they what they're teaching and what they're saying but bonds <clears throat> have a very easy way <coughs> of hindering your ability to know yourself and to see the Lord within you. <coughs> Excuse me. Bonds are deadly. <coughs> I'm buying that. Bonds are very deadly. And they're at the core of what is holding God's people back. You know, another example, we could visualize this if you want for a second. And, and and I realize this might be uh, a little, you know, outside the box. But you've heard of people who, you know, could be fathers, mothers, wives, husbands, whatever. They die and they pass over to the veil. And yet, they come back in a dream. Or maybe an angel will appear in a dream, whatever. And... The lady, let's just say it's a, a husband and a wife, and the wife comes back and says, Honey, you have to let me go because she's not able to move on. And we've seen that so many times. 
and in the real in in this unreal world the world that we live they have it documented too the bonds are so strong that the veil cannot uh, uh, um, hinder it and um, invariably people will hold on so tight to a relationship that the one that passed on can't move on until the other lets them go. That's how powerful a bond is. And so, within the scope of all of this issue of bonds, we can kind of reduce it down, almost like doing a reduction in a sauce. <laughs> right? And, and you come down and say, well, okay, so what's really happening here? Simple. Transference. Now, to explain to you, we, we all know what transference is, but uh, we have to understand what Christ did when he died on the cross. He died, and all of our sins were transferred upon him and the sins of the world, so on and so forth. And his righteousness became available and transferred upon us as long as we, you know, we reach in and we receive it. That was transference took upon himself the sins of humanity to such an extent that the Father couldn't look upon him. I don't know what that experience must have been like for the Lord. Devastating, perhaps. You know, you can see him hanging on the cross and my, my father, my father, why hast thou forsaken me? Well, I tell you, in a very real sense, you have lived that. I have lived that over and over again. Because your connection to bonds, your connection to unequally yoked relationships, I don't care how nice the people are, and the fact that they love the Lord and all of that, if the relationship is not spirit, but is born of some aspect of the soul, then their, their inability to see, their blindness, is so easily transferred onto you until you say, gosh, where did the Lord go? What did I do wrong? My God, why have you forsaken me? And he hasn't. But the enemy transferred the blindness of one to you. And that's how deadly it can be. And that's why we have to understand this because this blocks, bonds, contacts, cords, conduits, call it what you want, they block your ability to see and they render you blind. And that's, that's a great 
a great concern. You know, the, the bonds, bonds that are of the Spirit can be life-giving and creative and freeing, but bonds of the soul can transfer oppression, judgment, blindness, you name it. And, you know, and it's hard to, it's hard to let things go. I mean, in Matthew 10, the Lord says, Do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. For I came to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be the members of his household. Wow. What are you talking about here, Lord? He's speaking of bonds, of relationships born of obligation and sympathy. He's also addressing the principle of being unequally yoked. Very important that we that we understand what bonds are. And often, the bonds that are the deadliest are the ones that you cannot see. You might be able to come to a, a mental you know, conclusion, well, yeah, i got a bond here, there's one over here. You know, I, I, you, you, you know, can know the obvious things. <clears throat> but the real... The real deadly ones are the ones you, you can't see. And like everything else, the Lord has to reveal. He has to reveal. He has, it could even be just forgiveness that you've come out of a church and, and just the act of bitterness. If you carry bitterness, that is a bond. You are bonded to that which you left, if indeed, you know, that was the case. All of these things. So we have to understand what's at stake and what the dynamics are. Because a lot of God's people have gone through a lot of stuff. And they're dealing with bitterness. And if you really were to be honest about it, <clears throat> They need a revelation that the hand of God was always with them. He scourges every son whom he receives. If you're to be a son, it's not going to be any less. And how many have become bitter in the way and walked away because someone maligned them or they did this or they had a bad shepherd or any number of things and they became bitter. And they didn't see the hand of the Lord that was bringing them through the deep waters. That's a big problem. People have not seen the Lord as he has brought them through the things that they've had to go through. You're not a victim. You're not a victim. God doesn't waste your time. There is no 
coincidence. It's all in his timing and in his way because he knows how to bring each one of his sons forth. He knows what they need. So very important. Let's see here what... Uh, this, this scripture, Second Corinthians 6 is so important because this is what we're talking about in obtaining fulfillment. You know, set aside the resurrection body and that. What What is our fulfillment? Truly, our fulfillment is a relationship with the Father and the Son. And what is their fulfillment? Well, the Word talks about their inheritance in the saints of light. You are their inheritance. You are their fulfillment. I don't know if inheritance was the right word, but you are their fulfillment. Just as the Lord and the Father is your fulfillment. But with the issue of bonds, cords, contacts, and you ought to do a study on cords because all throughout the Psalms it talks about binding the cords of the wicked it's 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 talked about quite a bit but going back to second Corinthians for we are the temple of the living God just as God said I will dwell in them and I will walk among them and I will be their God and they shall be my people therefore come out from their midst and be separate says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean. And I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you should be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord. Now, we've all read that, and we might say, okay, well, that means we're going to come out of the church, uh, out of that religious church that is full of hypocrisy, and they don't really love God. Well, that's good. That's step one. But there's something within your heart that has to come out. You know, it's like, it's like come out of Babylon. It's, you know, it, it's not just a slam dunk to say, okay, well, I'm no longer part of this world, yet there's this world is still woven within you, and there's a lot yet to let go of. And so, where bonds and relationships exist that are on the wrong level, and I tell you, there's very few that are on the right level because people don't know how to relate. They don't know how to relate. They don't know what bonds are. They don't understand in real time how to apply and say, oh, sympathy, obligation, fear, you name it. And so all of these relationships that exist, friends, family, you name it, they're on the wrong level for the most part. And to the degree that these bonds coexist within you, within you, to that degree you've not been able to come out and be separate because the unclean thing has still touched you. 
Bonds, I've often referred to bonds literally as the devil's highway right into your spirit. And until this revelation hits you, you may not give that much credence to the importance of eliminating bonds. But until you pass through this, your progress in God is going to be hindered. Our progress in God is not as dependent upon our effort to become. You know, we're always out there trying to become, you know, you know the, the, the old tr- train going up the mountain. I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, you know, that type of thing. Uh, our progress is not dependent upon our effort to become as much as it is upon our ability to cut the cords and the anchors that have held us back. And we know the cords and we know the anchors. It's like a ship. It says, okay, let's let's go. Well, did you cut the mooring? It, where, you know, well, no, I didn't know I had to, had to cut the mooring. What about pulling up anchor? Well, I don't know. Well, that ship's not going to go too far with, moor, you know, ties to the moors, mooring and, uh, and the anchor still <laughs> 20 fathoms down. We do not strive to become, but we endeavor to eliminate the cords that have bound. And the only way that we really do this is that the Lord reveals. You know, there's only so much we can do on this level. And then as we continue to come up higher and we begin to see, then we can we can work with that. We can... Because it doesn't take a lot of effort on your end to even bond. Someone can reach out to you and create a cord, and you've just got to be aware of that. Ah. Well, we'll just we'll kind of wrap this up. This is something that um, we're going to have to go over a number of times. And here again, this topic has been uh, included in several chapters throughout all four of the books. As long as this issue of bonds is kept on the sidelines or hidden then there will not be the understanding of the far-reaching effects of the existence that bonds can have. And they are the singularly most deadly force that prevents the sons from manifesting the kingdom. And you'll see in some of the other words we've written, bonds can as well be concepts. It can be bitterness and it can just be your concepts. You're bonded to your concept. I mean, we could go on and on. There's several chapters written on this. That's why the Lord keeps saying, let go, let go. Let go of the bonds. Let go of your concepts. Let go of your bitterness. Forgive and move forward. 
This issue of bonds is the basis of all effective spiritual warfare presently coming against the saints. And it's also at the crux of why God's sons have not become more quickly. Well, we thank you for tuning in tonight. And Ann and I send our love and blessings. Until next time.